Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? It is April 7th, 1995. Can you believe we're in April already? This year is flying by. Absolutely. Crazy, but it's been a good year so far, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we had the OJ murdering last year. <laughs> maybe, maybe he did it. OJ and Tanya Harding. But we've got the, yeah, that's right, Tanya Harding was last year, yeah. too. We've got the trial, which I am just, I know I shouldn't be, but I am so addicted to this trial. Yes, he is. It's like... It's like somebody picked out and everybody that would be like a fantastic character. It's like someone scripted this trial. <laughs> That's how good it is. Kato Kalen? Seriously? Where did this guy come from? Oh my god. But uh and Rosa Lopez, you know. Anyway, so uh OJ trial today. Uh, article in the paper. Uh, he got the paper again. I got the paper. He's all on it. He he got me season two of Beverly Hills 90210, which right. I'm sure a lot of you have already listened to. And, yep. And now the news. But anyway, so uh, apparently what's going to be the big thing in this case is DNA. Okay. Does it, do we all know what DNA is? Yeah. I think... I think Jurassic Park taught us exactly dinosaur DNA. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but anyway, so apparently they can take bits of blood or, or hair or whatever, because uh, every part of your body has DNA in it, even your skin cells. Mm-hmm. And they can look at it and then they can match it and say if, you know, that came from you. Right. So obviously if his DNA is there at the crime scene, it would indicate he was at the crime scene. So, but here's the thing, though. Hasn't yeah. he been there before? Yeah, but I mean, at the like in the actual crimes, like mixed in with with the blood, their right. blood and stuff, you know. And he was supposedly, I mean, he was. He like apparently, I don't know. the The story is so weird. But he had traveled for to to call a game or something like that for the NFL, and he was in a hotel when he found out, I guess. But supposedly, according to stuff Kato Kalen saying and everything he, he like he rushed and got on that plane like a meet like he like he was almost late oh, to wow. his flight so hmm, I don't know there's suspicious. a lot of, yeah there's a lot of stuff there but uh apparently the now the defense is going to argue that the collecting of the evidence was tainted and that it's no good basically hmm. but I I have to imagine I don't understand I, I try to keep up on science as much as I can and I don't understand how how much of this works I can't imagine that a lot of people in the jury are going to really fully like grasp what DNA is and and how police can use it. I mean, it's weird. It's a weird concept to think they don't have any fingerprints. There are no fingerprints. There's no murder weapon. There are no eyewitnesses. But the police are going to say we we can tell you definitively he was there. Huh. That's weird. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see what happens with that. 
But yeah, so they uh, they were talking about that, and then the other the other thing that I, I, don't, I only bring this up because it kind of has a local connection. Uh, the whole Jenny Jones murder thing. The guy that was on the the Jenny Jones show, and he was like, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm in love with this mm-hmm. dude," and and uh, you know, and then the guy ends up killing him. It's and so everything. sad. Yeah, so that's um, they're having a uh, a candlelight vigil uh, for him today. Obviously, the guy is. Uh, you know, facing trial and everything. But I uh, I read that and I I kind of, I was like, well, you know, it's got a local connection, so I figured I'd, I'd at yeah. least mention it. But here's the thing that I think you'll love. Hmm. We didn't think I'd say this again, but my so-called life <laughs> finds a new life at MTV. What? MTV has decided to show every episode that they already aired of my so-called life and they're talking about maybe bringing it to the like buying it and and producing new episodes oh my gosh that would be so awesome so uh they're you know they're airing it i guess uh they're gonna air all 19 episodes uh 7 p.m weeknights every monday uh and according to joe davola uh who is one of the one of the uh, producers or whatever at MTV, he says, everybody here loves the show and we know our audience will love it. Yeah. He's a senior vice president of development. That's what he is. Uh, MTV puts its stamp of approval on music and movies. So like with our, uh, with our, our buzz life marathon, as well as on air appearances by various cast members, including the show 16 year old star, Claire Danes. So it's going to, so their, their agreement is unique. They say they're going to, um, they're going to show the reruns. And then, like I said, they're talking about like purchasing it to, to bring more. I really hope they do. That would be so awesome. Uh, yeah. So it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm hoping that, I mean, that's gotta be the audience. The MTV audience has got to be the audience for it. Yeah. Because, it's us. It's our age group. Mm-hmm. It's young people. That's who's going to care about it. I never really thought that it was a, a great fit at ABC anyway. Right. So, I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens. Might have worked better on Fox. Yeah. Because that's more of a young person network, too. Maybe. But, the future. Carol, are you interested in the future? I am very interested in the future. So there is a documentary on the Discovery Channel called Cyberspace. And it's like, uh, so this article begins, Mark uh, Gettner wrote this article, just to give him some credit. Okay. But he says, uh, you know, how big is the coming digital revolution with all that, you know, email stuff and everything? Uh Uh-huh. And uh, apparently, according to author Nicholas Negroponte, it's a 10.5 on the Richter scale. <laughs> it's bigger, in my opinion, than the invention of the printing press. Wow. That seems a little out there to me, but... Yeah, I mean, how can anything be bigger than the ability to print words? Right. But uh, So this, this documentary basically talks about... The the internet, cyberspace, the World Wide Web, all that stuff, and kind of, um, you know, the implications of it, all this information sharing and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it seemed pretty interesting. 
to me. What do you think? What do you do? You think how how big do you think the the internet could possibly get? Well, I mean, it definitely has you know application. I mean, it's kind of cool to be able to hop on and talk to like somebody across the country or even across the world. Yeah. Um. I think over time we'll probably find a lot more ways to use it than just, you know, like what we do now, chatting on AOL and stuff. But I mean, maybe. I, I like I like play there's games that you can play mm-hmm. on there where like someone will be like, I'm gonna you know, I'll I'll start writing lyrics to an eighties song. Yeah. And then the first person to guess it, you know, gets to they then they get to go. Or there was a website I went to where I could get free tarot card readings. That was kinda fun. Oh, interesting. Yeah. There's a, a place on there where you can buy books. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can get books shipped to you. I talked about it before. Yeah. It's the, the river one. Yeah. Amazon. So you can uh, you could get books from there. Sometimes- can you imagine if like someday we could just get like anything shipped to us? Not just books, but like... Like, say you wanted, like, a new pair of jeans, but, like, then why would you want to try them on? You want to try them on, right? Yeah. The books I can kind of see because, sure, if it's something you're not familiar with, then, you know, that's, then obviously you go to the, go to the bookstore, go to Barnes and Noble or, or, uh, or B. B Dalton's. Dalton's. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and take a look or Borders, like Borders. Um, Borders is probably my favorite one, but, um, you know, if, uh, if you want to browse around and do that. But sometimes, because I'm a big Stephen King fan, sometimes there will be a an edition of a Stephen King book, whether it's paperback or hardcover, that they don't really carry. It's a little more rare, or it's an older book, so people aren't really buying it that much. And since I know the title and the author, I can just go to that Amazon, and I can order that, and they'll they'll send it to me. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a little, you know, you got to pay for shipping, which sucks, but if they had a... If they had a thing where you never had to pay for shipping, right? And you know they were just making money by how many like people? How lazy would people have to be though? Really? I mean, to just like you never have to pay shipping, so you can just order everything, so you never have to go to the store. Like, I love going to the mall. Yeah, that's true. I love going to. That's like my favorite thing. Plus, you know, you go to the movie theater, you go out, you know, at the mall, you go, you go out to eat, you can. Go to the cookie stand and like yeah. get, a, get a pretzel or something like that. Talk with your friends. Meet some new people there. I meet people at the mall all the time. Do you know? Well, yeah. I mean, just like you know, for, you know, people that are like, hey, you know, uh-huh. like some girls. No, that doesn't happen. Come on, right? Uh huh. Sure. <laughs> I see. I see the girls looking at you. I know what's happening. Okay. <laughs> I know what's up. Yeah, I feel like uh, one of the uh, new kids on the block when I go into a mall. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so last bit of news I have for this week. It's it's a big, it's a heavy news week this week. Uh, The new TV show, News Radio, with Phil Hartman. Uh, He he gives this interview basically where, and I can kind of see this. So I don't know how many of you have seen News Radio. I think it's very funny. I like Dave Foley a lot from Kids in the Hall, and he's in it. And I like Phil Hartman from Saturday Night Live, and he's in it. And then uh, a bunch of people I, I don't know, kind of newer people. Uh-huh. Uh, but he says that they very clearly pivoted away from his character being a Ted Knight-type character. Now, I don't know. You're looking at me confused, and I'm yeah. sure a lot of our audience doesn't know who Ted Knight is. 
uh, Ted Knight was the character played by, oh, I can't think of his real name now off the top of my head, but he was in uh, Caddyshack as well. Okay. Uh, great. Actually, the Ted Knight's, yeah, Ted Knight's is, yeah, Ted Knight's is his real name. Okay. So Ted Knight was the, the actor that played Ted Baxter on the Mary Tyler Moore show. And he was this like, so his whole thing was he was a moron. But he had a good voice and a good look, so he was the anchor of the news. Like, the one that was supposed to have all the answers that everyone trusted. But it was only based on appearances and outside, which is what we saw, because mm-hmm. it was a newsroom. You know, that was the setting of the show. He was a moron. So he was the guy that'd be like, Lou! <laughs> like, that's how he talked. <laughs> hey, Mary. You know, <laughs> like, uh-huh. But anyway, so they said that they they clearly wanted to pivot away from that. They didn't want to make his character, you know, a dummy. They didn't want to make him just because he's a he's a radio personality. And, and Phil Hartman's got a you know a good voice and, and everything. And I can I could see how those comparisons would be made. So uh, the both Ted or both uh, Phil Hartman and the producer were very and they they talk about this in this interview. They were very very cognizant to like steer away from that and make his character a lot different than that. Okay, so. I can see kind of how it would be, how it could be considered a similar type show, too, mm-hmm. because the Mary Tyler Moore show was a television news studio. Mary was one of the producers. Uh, you know, Lou was the, the main producer and editor or whatever. And then you got Murray doing, you know, being the, the writer and, uh, you know, other people on the show. But uh, I can kind of see that that dynamic on this, too, even though it's not TV, it's radio. Right. But, yeah, so... They don't want to be compared to Mary Tyler Moore show, one of the greatest sitcoms ever. <laughs> Seems kind of stupid, but okay. No, I mean, I wouldn't. They, I, mean, they, I think they've had two episodes so far. I, I probably wouldn't start comparing myself to one of the best shows ever either. Right. They'd be like, oh, well, look, you know, give us time. We'll be our own thing, you know. Yeah. But I think with Dave Foley, I think with with Phil Hartman, I think they're they're in good hands. I think it's I think it's gonna be real good. Speaking of real good, though. We watched a TV show that wasn't that really good. I thought you really liked it. I I liked this episode. There's, I mean, there's stuff that I didn't like about this episode, but you didn't like this episode that much. Yeah, it's not, not that much, no. So I've got a question for you, Carol. Hmm. Do you want to talk about the movie, or do you want to talk about the TV show? Well, I think I want to talk about both of them. But I mean, do you want to drive the show on the movie or the TV show? You pick. I don't care. Well, I, all right. You okay? You can, you can do the movie then. Also, okay. the show. So we watched the critic, uh, Jay Sherman, aka John Lovitz, good friend of Phil Hartman, actually. Huh? Didn't know that. It stinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he of the, the. I like the show a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I like John Lovitz a lot. I just this. Show, I like the show usually, but this episode was. Jay falls through the floor because <laughs> he's too fat. So his boss sends him and his son to a fat camp. Why is his boss sending his son? Well, the the boss is sending Jay, but then there's also co- coincidentally <laughs> the president physical fitness test is uh, happening at the same time. Right. And Marty can't pass any of the Things he can't do a pull up, he can't do one sit up, 
Even though the kid from Easter Island can. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. The giant-headed kid. And yeah, he's got to have strong abs to be able to pull himself up. You know, I can't do much when it comes to the presidential fitness test, but I could at least do a sit-up. That's pretty pathetic. Yeah, it is pathetic. So he go, they go, he decides to go with his dad to the fat camp. They go to the fat camp. Jay doesn't do anything. He loses two pounds. So he considers that a victory. Marty, I don't know how long they've been gone. A year? (laughs) I don't know. But he's all of a sudden a stud. Right. Like he's thin and and handsome and and all the girls love him and everything. Yeah, they're all like staring at him like he's so dreamy. They do a parody of that Diet Coke commercial. It was like, oh, it's five o'clock or no, two o'clock or whatever. And they all the women in the office go to the window and the guy takes his shirt off and drinks a Coke. What I want to know is that every every day at that time that guy takes his shirt off every time he drinks a diet weird like that guy i think he has mental problems the guy in that commercial (laughs) some kind of weird ocd that requires taking off his clothing i have to take my shirt off now (laughs) i'm on a busy street in new york city anyway so so he he gets in the uh, part in the play Mm -hmm. peter pan without auditioning at all he just stumbles upon the stage and the director's like, oh, there's our Peter Pan right there. <laughs> Which I guess is sort of how Hollywood works. Well, it's how high school works. Yeah, that's for sure. So at the same time, Jay, he reviews this movie. Uh, it's like it's obviously like a Jean-Claude Van Damme type thing. And he's like, oh, this guy is the worst actor in the world. And he's terrible. And this guy's like, I'm going to get you. Sherman. <laughs> so he's trying to kill him. And so he, Jay hires a posse uh, with, for some reason, Mr. T, and then a bunch of people that are unrecognizable as, uh, you know, like his bodyguards. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the show, right? I did. You're just like, uh-huh. <laughs> then what happened? <laughs> so fascinated. You're on, the, you're on the, the edge of your seat. <laughs> Shut up. I'm just listening. You're driving. I'm, I'm... Okay. Well, you can, you can uh, you know, you can contribute. <laughs> just because I'm driving. Oh, you're going to bite your lip and, and shake your head at me. Why Why do you do this to me? Why? What? Like, do you just, like, get off on uh, making me sound bad uh, in our show? I don't know. Why don't you? You're the expert on what I get off on. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> Okay, no reason to be crude. Uh, Raphael is crude but rude. Give me a break. I was just going to say give me a break when you said no reason to be crude, but then I was like, no one's going to get that. (laughs) No one's going to get that reference I made in my head. Yeah. So, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. All the, the bodyguards leave for their own Fox sitcom for some reason. And he's left with one guy who turns out to be the dude in a mask, Jean-Claude Van Damme or whatever, in a mask. Okay. And what? why are you look confused? You saw the show. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> I don't know. <coughs> so anyway, he pulls a gun on him and Jay's like, don't kill me. Oh, my God. Don't kill me. I have so much to live for. And he's like, you think I'm going to kill you? That I must be a great actor. Ah. Yeah. And that was it. 
No, I mean, no. That, that was that. I'm not saying that was it of the show. That was okay. that part of it. So then. It was dumb. Yes, it was dumb. It was like really dumb. So Marty wants to eat. Yeah. Yeah. And like, hello, who hasn't been on a diet? Of course he wants to eat. I and mean, and nobody's giving him healthy options. Nobody's like, hey, why don't you have some vegetables? Why don't you eat some fruit? Yeah, he's just like, I'm just hungry. <laughs> right? They're just starving him. Why don't you have some egg whites? It's good protein for you. So he does what we have all done when on a crash diet. Mm-hmm. He, uh, yeah, it, this old chestnut. Who, what? Who hasn't this happened to? Where you're walking down the street and you hear someone loudly scream from an ice cream place. Oh my God, the freezer's broken. All the ice cream's going to melt. <laughs> That old chestnut. So he, he goes in and no, but... eats all the ice cream and is suddenly fat again. Yeah. This kid, I mean, I'll tell you what, this kid went up and down more than Karen Carpenter. It's like more rapidly. It's it's a ridiculous. Uh, it is. But he, and I, you know, it's made me so sad. Like, well, just let him be thin. Why do you have to make him fat again? Because he was hungry. But he was sad. Like, why did you have to write it that way? I don't know. Anyway. But I have. I mean, I haven't eaten out an entire ice cream store. <laughs> oh, really? That's but, never happened to you? No. It's such but, a common occurrence. I mean, like, like I'll go, like, all day without eating, and mm. then, like, I'll eat, like, an entire pizza or something ridiculous that makes it, like, not worth it. Well, yeah. you. That's, that, and that's, that's why those fad diets are bad. Yes. That's why the, like, you know, starve yourself diet or, like, 800 calorie a day the diet. Cabbage soup diet. Mm-hmm. That's why they're all bad. I mean, you, you lose weight, though. It's just you, you gain it right back. Yeah, you lose. So you lose water weight. You lose glycogen, uh, your glycogen stores. Uh, and, you know, there's there's stuff that, that you lose that and, and you lose some fat as well. But it's really easy to gain it back. And it's not sustainable. Sure. You you know, you could lose weight by just fasting, by not eating. Right. But that's not sustainable. You know, sure. eventually you're going to have to eat and. No one can no one can stay on that big of a caloric deficit. Right. So, you know, there are three macronutrients, protein, carbohydrates. Uh, what are you looking at me like that for? Protein, carbohydrates. You know. And uh, what's the other one I'm think, I'm, I can't think of? Uh, fat? Yes. And you need all three of them. Yep. You just need them in, in a good balance. So, yeah, ridiculous, those fad diets. And you're going to end up eating an entire store of ice cream like we've all done <laughs> <laughs> and and gaining it all back. I'd love to. Oh, I, nah, it'd make me sick. Well, eating, an entire store of ice cream, sure, but like and there's one flavor, tub? There's flavors I wouldn't like. An entire tub? Like one of those tubs <laughs> that, that they have at like Baskin-Robbins and stuff, an entire tub? Yeah, I guess that might be a little too Ooh. much. That's too much ice cream. Yeah, that's right? a that's a stomach ache. Yeah. Now, an entire like Ben and Jerry's carton, yes, a pint oh, or yeah. whatever that is, I could pause easy that up easily. Yeah, that's that's not a challenge. But anyway, so that's uh, that's uh, that's it. <laughs> that was the critic. It was not as good as. Um, it did have. It's not not as good as it usually is. No, but. As slider. I was waiting for you to go slider. How, why would you think that I would know? Like you didn't mention that at all. Because we you didn't did make it the, the last international two weeks. sign of Jerry O'Connell, <laughs> which is uh, the comb from Stand by Me. 
Uh, Sliders. Sliders. Oh my gosh. What? He was in Stand By Me. He was, he was the fat dude. kid. Like, yeah, the like it's Stand all clicking me. in my head right now that yes. didn't click in my head before. That's right. He was. He lost his jar of pennies. <laughs> but, yeah, it wasn't that good. But it did have a really funny joke. I thought it was a funny joke in it, which was... I thought it was a terrible joke. You did? Go Tell the joke. So he said, you know, it's uh, it's the new movie coming out. They always do parodies and stuff like that. It's like the new movie coming out, The Cockroach King with uh, Howard Stern. And it's all these, like, these alligators and rats and bugs and cockroaches and stuff. Like, and Which was gross. African music. You know, they used real African music <laughs> in that movie. So it's, uh, it's a little uh, bit of a... Slap in the face. They're just doing like generic, like ba ba ba. But anyway, so you see, like, uh, so I don't, I don't even remember what it was holding him up, but holding up the cockroach, and it's the big nose because it's Howard Stern. And he's right, got those with purple, the long hair and, and the purple glasses. glasses. He's like, "That's right, I'm your king." And then he turns to a like a grasshopper or something, and he goes, "Hey, baby, show me a thorax." <laughs> she just yeah, <laughs> she just giggles. It's gross. It's funny. I mean, there's too many gross things. And Howard Stern's kind of gross, so. I know you're not a big fan of Howard Stern. Not at all. I think that he is a sexist prick. Wow. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Okay. Just throwing it out there. Right, well, it's thrown. <laughs> what about Robin? What? <laughs> what about Robin? Do you like Robin? Who's Robin? Robin's his producer. Oh. I don't know. She she does the news and stuff. I don't know. I haven't really paid attention to Robin. Her dad molested her. What the fuck? <laughs> They've talked about it before on here. How do you just like throw that out there on the radio? Like, hey, everybody. Uh, he's he's crazy. He talks about some crazy stuff. I'm sure he handled it with all kinds of tact and sensitivity. Absolutely. <laughs> all the tact and sensitivity of um, uh, Ian Ziering. <laughs> right alright but yeah but that was the critic it's been better but it's still yeah. a quality show it's a good show that was not my favorite episode so the movie we watched so we went your turn yeah, we went to see you're gonna like get revenge on me now right you're gonna be all quiet and stuff I oh, should just say don't. nothing <laughs> don't do that to me but we went to see bad boys with uh, Will Smith couple of bad boys and uh, Martin Lawrence uh, Joey Lawrence, actually. No. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and Tay, Tay Leone. Tay Leone. Tay Leone, okay. Tay Leone, yeah. This movie was directed by... Michael Bay. Yeah, Michael Bay. Uh, a name I had to, like, go to the encyclopedia to look up. No, I went to the trades, actually. Uh, that's, that's an inside term. For the, the trade papers, uh, you know, the um, variety and, and stuff like that. But uh, Jerry Bruckheimer produced this, you know, like he's a you know, pretty big producer of action type movies. Mm. And I guess Michael Bay has been working with him a, a little bit. But you know how this dude got to start? Huh. You know how this guy that directed this, this the no, it's the number one movie in America right now. And you know how this fucking guy got his first movie he's ever directed. How did this fucking guy no, get to start? start. Do you remember that commercial uh, where 
we pan around this guy's room and he's got all this Aaron Burr memorabilia and like Alexander Hamilton and stuff like that. And you hear the, the radio going and it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's history talk, you know, and stuff like that. We're giving away, uh, you know, whatever it is, $10,000 or something like that. And this guy's making himself a big thick peanut butter sandwich and he puts the, the, the peanut butter sandwich together. He takes a big bite and he sits down and everything. And, uh, you know, a fifth caller, uh, to answer this question, who shot uh, um, Alexander Hamilton in that famous duel? And the guy's like got a shrine to this whole thing. I do. And he's like, so the, you know, it connects to me. He's like, you're caller five. He's like, who, who was it? <laughs> and it's like, wow, I'm sorry, but I can't hear you. And he picks up his glass. It's empty. And it's like, got milk. <laughs> yeah. He directed that commercial. Okay. And off the back of that, got a job with Jerry Bruckheimer, and now he's directed the number one movie in America. Well, good for him. Yeah, I'm just saying. So not a great movie, though. <laughs> no, not not a great movie. I mean, it was enjoyable. Uh, I mean, it, yeah. As far as like, okay, so as like schlocky, mindless action goes, it's you know, it's. On the better end, like it's on the upper end of the scale of, of mindless, schlocky yeah. action. So you you don't like action movies that much, like I like intelligent action. Like I like Die Hard. I like um I like action movies that tell me a story. Mm-hmm. I always equate action to description in a book. When when description's happening in a book, nothing is happening. Uh-huh. You're you're getting it gives you a flavor, it gives you a sense of what's going on, it gives you a sense of like a sense of place and time and stuff like that. But nothing's advancing with the plot. Nothing's going on in the in the book when descriptions happening. Right. When action's happening in a movie, nothing's going on in the movie. You know what I mean? Like the plot is not there's it's it's a hard connection for people to make because things are happening, things are exploding, people are shooting and stuff like that. But the plot is not advancing. Yeah. It's filler. It's spectacle and and that's it. Hmm. Um now, there are movies and there are books that can weave description into the narrative and you're only pausing for a, you know, a minute and stuff's advancing in the plot. And there are movies where action is woven into the plot very, you know, very tightly and mm-hmm. then it works a lot better. Then when the movie just stops and let's watch this pyrotechnics display. Right. And then we'll advance the plot a little bit. And then now we're going to stop again and watch another pyrotechnics display. Those are the kind of movies, the action movies that I really don't like. But, you know, Die Hard and... Um, speed. Speed was, yeah, Speed was pretty good. Uh, mm. Speed definitely wove the, the action in mm-hmm. with the plot and everything. So, yeah, movies like that, you know, they work for me, but... You know, other other kind of action movies don't necessarily work for me. I get what you're saying, though. It it is kind of like choppy, like that, where mm-hmm. there's story, which is interesting to me, mm-hmm. and then the action happens, and I don't know about you, but that's when my mind kind of starts to wander. Well, it depends. It depends on how much I care about the characters and stuff like that. Yeah. So I hate to keep coming back to Die Hard, but like when you, one of the things that I think worked so well about Die Hard is, especially in the era that that movie came out at mm-hmm. uh, 88. Uh, yeah, 88, I think is when that movie came out, 87, 88. Um, that's the era of like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. And that's the era of Sylvester Stallone. I mean, obviously they're still big stars today, but that's like when they were first 
coming yeah. on the scene as big action stars. So these giants, indestructible dudes. And then you get Bruce Willis. You cast Bruce Willis. Small guy. Looks like, you know, looks like a regular dude. He's not hugely jacked or anything like that. And he's vulnerable throughout the whole movie. He's got to take his shoes off. He runs across the glass. His feet get all cut up. You know, I've never seen this movie. Oh, really? It's a yeah. great, great movie. So you get you get a sense of this guy could get hurt. Right. This, this guy could die. Okay. And you never, in movies like when Schwarzenegger was in and stuff, you never get that sense. No. Like this guy is in trouble. For sure. It's more like this guy could, you know, lift the tank and just <laughs> throw it. Um, and... This movie, this movie suffers a little bit from that too. I think they try to go more like these guys are vulnerable, but especially Will Smith's character seems very, very much untouchable. Yeah, his character does. I think Martin Lawrence's character does not. Yeah, yeah, I got. Which is funny because at the end of the movie, Mm -hmm. who's all shot up and ready to die? Oh yeah, Will Smith. Yep. So. Yeah. So, okay. This movie starts out with there's a break in and it turns out they're breaking into the police yeah. um, headquarters Correct. or whatever. Well, one of the one of the police some kind too. of police building. And we don't know what they're stealing until the next day when we're meeting our main characters and they're coming into work. Mm-hmm. We find out that they have stolen what was it like a hundred thousand dollars worth of heroin? A hundred million dollars. Hundred million dollars worth of heroin. Yeah. See, that's kind of insane. I don't. Well, think, heroin's pretty expensive. But I don't think they would have that much of it. Well, apparently, uh, they. It's kind of a throwaway line, but apparently, th- this was like the biggest bust of their career, right. of, of the bad boys' career, is that they, you know, they stopped the, whatever cartel was shipping this heroin. And it's like, you know, the biggest amount of heroin anyone's ever confiscated or something like that. So it's a ton of heroin. And there was a design flaw where they put in a big ventilation pipe that was apparently used to break in. And that seems like that wouldn't really happen. Really stupid. Yeah. I mean, it's like big enough for a body, like like the kind of chimney you want for Santa. Right. Yeah. It's like... It's like whoever designed the Death Star to sign this. <laughs> right. They're like, okay, so we need uh, we need a giant chute going right to the heart of uh, heart of the thing, right? Because that's in every building I build. Right. So you've got Martin Lawrence's character, Will Smith's character, their mm-hmm. partners. Um, I can't remember their characters' names. I'm so bad with names. Mike Lowry is Will Smith. Right, okay. And Marcus something is... Martin, Martin Lawrence. Okay. So Mike and Martin. Yeah. So Mike is the No no. Mike and Marcus. Mike and Marcus. Martin is his real <laughs> <Right>. name. <laughs> so Mike is the like bachelor. Yeah. He's the bachelor. He's he's rich. Right. Like independently wealthy, but decided to be a police officer. Yeah, it's really weird. And apparently, like, he's just, like, a ladies' man, whatever. And pretty egotistical. Cause he oh, has my pic- goodness. He yeah. has pictures of himself all, all over his apartment. And then you've got Marcus, who is married with three children. And he's trying to have sex with his wife in the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Sounds like it's been a while. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a joke through the whole movie that he can't get laid. 
Yeah, they don't develop this in any way. And but- he doesn't ever get laid. No. That doesn't pay off in any way. It's not like we're like, okay, good. It doesn't even seem like his wife likes him that much. No, she actually does seem like she likes Mike better. Yeah, she, <laughs> she does. So there's this weird thing. Okay, these two prostitutes. Are they prostitutes? So, yeah. So, okay. Mike knows this one hooker for some reason. I, don't I, know. I imagine the reason. Right. But he says they're they're looking for clues on who could have stolen this this uh, heroin and everything. So he says, "Hey, somebody's come into a lot of money recently, and they might be looking to party. So let me know. Let me know mm-hmm. if anything happens, because uh, they're tight, you know." And she says, "Okay, you know, I will." And they get a call, you know, so that there's a party or whatever. Like, "Hey, this guy wants a party and stuff like that." He's got a bunch of money. It must be new new money or something like that. The woman that runs the prostitute agency. Uh, who, by the way, uh, is just sitting on a bed with a regular phone. Like it's like it looks like a teenage girl. Just right. like oh, I have my I have my hookers over there right, right. away. Um, but she ropes Taylioni into going with her, who apparently isn't a prostitute but needs the money. I yeah, guess. very weird. Yeah, they're just. He's, she's like, we're just gonna dance like ten minutes or something like that, and we'll leave. She says he'll be so coked up he won't be able to get it up. Right. Yeah. Which would you? Would that comfort you? Would you be like, okay, sweet, I'll do it. Then. No. I, on your word that he won't be able to get it up, probably. And I mean, like the fact that he's super coked up could actually work against them. And yeah. Yeah. Um. And apparently, in this this hooker though, is like super in love with this this cop. And, and she goes on and on about him to Taylor yeah. He's the only one I'd ever call if I was in trouble. Hey, just in case any one of us gets killed and shot, right. uh, Mike Lowry is his <laughs> name, and he works at this police station. <laughs> so in case you ever you know, need him, like let's say you witnessed a murder and were on the run, <laughs> yeah. call Mike Lowry. Yeah, it is pretty much that bad. <laughs> And so guess what? She witnesses the murder, Taylioni, yeah. of her friend, who yeah. who is the one that he asked to, you know, keep a eye out for him. Yeah. But I mean I don't Sad. I don't think that that puts any onus on him because I mean she would have done it anyway. I would you? Yeah, I would think so probably. But I'm sure he still feels guilty. She should have called him. It never it never comes up. Yeah. He, like he at one point he's just like, yeah, trust me, we want to get him or whatever, and that's it. But it never comes up like I'm upset about this. Well, you know, Marcus. It, okay, she calls the police station after she gets away from these guys, mm-hmm. and she says that she will only speak to Mike Lowry. Mike Lowry. So Mike Lowry is not there. He is out getting you know beat up and getting a concussion. Yeah, I don't know. He's like, I- I'll take care of this. Blah yeah. blah blah. Goes off on his own. Right. So um, Marcus is there, and they get him to pretend that he is him. So yeah, Joey Pants tells him to uh, to pretend he's Mike Lowry. So yeah, so he is pretending to be him. He goes to meet her at her apartment. Mm-hmm. Oh, my mind just like skipped. Like I was getting to a point. I was getting to a point though. There was like a thing I was working up to, and I was like, wait, I gotta go back. And I don't remember. Sounds like sex now. <laughs> up okay anyways he goes and he's pretending and she's like you she go she attacks him with a baseball bat because she's like you don't look like him because apparently 
this lady talked about him so much she had a good mental image mm-hmm. of what he would look like um which he's he, the kind of guy who looks like he has a big dick and she saw martin lawrence and she was like that's not him <laughs> um bad guys are coming for her they shoot up her apartment they get away mm-hmm. he has to take her now because she refuses to go into witness protection yeah because the guy with the money mm-hmm. was a police officer. Yes. An ex police officer. Right. So she's like, oh no, if I go to the police, I'm going to get, you know, hurt. You're the only one who can help me. So she says, I'll go home with you. You, that's my witness protection, which is dumb. Agreed. And, I, and no one would really do that. I can't imagine. No. <laughs> and then he manages to pull up mug shots on a computer for her at home. Yeah, that's also weird. Yeah. Yeah, so the, yeah, he takes it back to Mike's place and is, like, continuing the lie that he's Mike. And he's like, I'm going to show you mug shots till you tell me who it is, then we'll, we'll go get him. This goes on through the whole movie that he is pretending to be Mike. Mike ends up having to go stay with his family, which that doesn't make sense to me either. Yeah, why does he need to stay with his family? He's yeah. independently wealthy. Get a hotel room for a week. Well, and, like, not only could he do that, but it's like, why, like, the lie they told his wife, which, why doesn't he just tell her he's he's undercover or something? Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. But the lie they tell his wife is that he's out of town. Yeah. So, why does him going out of town mean that Mike has to come stay in his house? Well, I think, so, they saw his license plate when he was fleeing from Taylor on his house. Okay. With Taylor on it. And... He mentions that a couple times. They might have seen my license plate number. I don't know how they have the ability to run a license plate, but Well, the cop guy was, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Let's just say they can, right? So my first thought would be, why don't you get your family out of the house? Right. But they never do that. And I think Mike goes there because it's like, basically he's using his family as bait then. He's like, maybe they'll come here and try to get me. So Mike's got to be with them. It's the only thing I can think of. I don't think he's using those bait, but they never spell it out. They never explain why they're doing things the way they're doing them. Yeah, there's a lot of things in here that don't make logical sense. And at one point, they the people are across the street from his house. Mm-hmm. Just like watching. And they don't do anything. No, they're just sitting there watching. So like, that didn't make any sense. I agree. <sighs> yeah, it's not a great movie. So, yeah, they, so. Tay Leone, throughout the movie, it's kind of obvious that she's figured out that they're pretending. Yeah, she tries to seduce. That they've, like, switched places. She tries to seduce Marcus. Yeah. And then she, like, talks about how she's sure a guy like, uh, you know, Will Smith, you know, over there, uh, would, would be, you know, getting it on with his wife right now. Matt. His name is Matt. Whatever. Matt. It's not Matt. Mike. <laughs> See, you don't know what it is, but I say the wrong name and then you come up with the right name. Anyway, he dra- he drags her in his car, handcuffs her. To the steering wheel. To the steering wheel. Like and, an idiot. And then runs in and starts trying to like spy on his wife and... and Mike Lowry. Yeah. And he ends up falling instead, making a big ruckus, getting caught. And this whole time, the bad guys are watching, and they don't do a damn thing. And the other two guys in the movie, the other two police officers that we have met, they 
they get them. They get the bad guys. They go up to the side of the car and they're like, yeah, you're ours now, you pieces of shit. Don't mess with a cop's family. Yeah. And then they interrogate them and figure out more stuff. More more of the plot. And it's, Apparently that's the only reason they were there. Yeah. Is, to, is to give the police information when they were caught. Because they didn't do shit. Right. There's a scene where they go to a nightclub. Yeah. Which... Uh, hell. Yeah. The, name of the nightclub is hell. Yeah, and it's 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 a really weird setup. Like it seems like it might be cool, but I don't know. It well, seems the men's dangerous. bathroom looks out onto the main floor through a, an aquarium. So yeah, which is that's weird. a weird setup. And there's candles everywhere, including in the men's bathroom. Yeah, who's who's keeping those candles lit? And. I'm sorry, but there's so many people packed in. Like, how are you keeping them from catching fire? How is it? Yeah, how's that not a fire hazard? Exactly. Yeah, the whole thing place would have been shot down. And 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 Tay Leone, um, just like freaking like busts out and goes to the club, even though they told her to stay home. She's supposed to be being protected, but she follows them around. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. Why? She steals a gun. Well, she steals a gun because she's going to shoot the guy. Yeah. She sees the guy up. In like a balcony. The bad guy who shot her friend. Behind glass and she aims and tries to shoot him. Yeah. Like like that gun is going to go that distance and kill someone through glass at that range. And Will Smith um, sees her and stops her. And what I'm really bothered by is she is he knocks her arm so she doesn't hit her target, but she does fire. Yeah. And there's so many people around. Like, how do we know nobody got hurt? They never follow up on it. Yeah, there's a crowd of people there, and I, I guarantee you, she murdered somebody. Somebody's yeah. dead in that in that uh, in that club. He should have just let her shoot the bad guy. But they go on a chase. Another action scene. They blow up some ether. Uh, eventually, they find out that the secretary is being blackmailed by at them. the police department. Yeah, so she's the mole, and because someone's giving them information from the inside, right. and all that shit. So then Taylor gets kidnapped because uh, Marcus's wife shows up, figures out uh, that he's yeah. still in town. The whole thing, so because the kids see him on TV. Yeah, he should just be. I don't know why there's so much lying. So much lying. Well, he even said he got married, so he didn't have to lie anymore. But he lies all the time. Yeah. Well, he had to for his job. I guess. But then uh, they shoot out and everything, and then the bad guy. He's like, I'm not going to kill you. Will Smith's like, I'm not going to kill you. It's not worth it. You're a loser. And then he pulls a gun like he's going to kill Marcus. And then he turns around and shoots him. It's like, oh, and you're dead now. Yeah. And then that's basically the end of the movie. I think that Will Smith's <laughs> character and Tay Leone's character should hook up. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care enough about any of their characters to care what happens to them after this movie. Yeah. I mean, it really was kind of a waste. One of the things that I really hated was they, you know, I, it, the movie has some funny lines, mm-hmm. but they try to be funny a lot and they fail a lot of the time. <laughs> and one of the biggest failures to me is Martin Lawrence. And there are so many lines of Martin Lawrence, uh, like talking to his wife, just being like, but you don't, I don't, you don't understand. I just did. You, yeah. It's like. Basically, like Michael Bay, the director is like uh, says to Martin Lawrence, "Hey, um, uh, talk for ten minutes, but never finish a sentence." Right. <laughs> That's how I want you to play this scene. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Because like, 
There's always that thing. It's like all he has to do is explain it. Like, you know, just say like five words to her. I'm undercover. Mm-hmm. She's a material witness. Her life's in danger. You know, oh, anything like that. The one time he says she's a material witness, that's like what tips her over the edge. And she's like, oh, forget it and walks away from him. Like she thinks yeah. he's lying. Yeah. And we don't we don't get any like if there was a history like at the beginning where she was like used to be a dog, you know, used to cheat on me right. or something like that all the time. Uh, you know, now you're domestic or, or whatever, right? Or he was like used to be some ladies' man. If we got any sense of that or or any word that that was the case, then maybe the way she acted might make some sense. Right. But we don't. There is no indication of that at all. So it just seems like she is a psychopath. Yeah, all we get is like them arguing and not having sex. Yeah. It just seems like they have a bad marriage. Yeah, that's and, all. yeah, and that's supposed to be the joke. Well, that's marriage, you know, uh. whatever. Uh, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it. There was a lot of, like I said, it's not my type of action because it's it just it's just stop and watch this, yeah, and then we'll move on and then stop and watch this. So it's not really my type of thing, but also it's just not that funny. It was I don't know. It's kind of fun to me, though, to see Will Smith on the big screen, and you know, because we see him in, like, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. Will Smith is very good. Very Will Smith's very charismatic. He He's a, a charming uh, person, and he's an actor, and he's good in this. But, you know, he could do something better. Yeah, for sure. It was just not the best movie. They, if they want to have him in an action movie, he should be something besides a cop. Maybe military. Hmm. That could work. Maybe. I could see that. He's got the haircut <laughs> for it. A little bit. But yeah, that's that's bad boys. A couple of bad boys there. Yeah, they play the song a couple times. Like, they're just trying to force the joke. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, yeah. They sing it badly, too. Yeah. So I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand that at all. So like, because it's their cops. Right. And they're like, oh, we're bad boys. Well, I mean, you know, the song is... Bad from boys. cops yeah yeah i know but i always kind of thought it was the bad boys were coming for the cops but i guess it's the cops are coming for the bad boys bad boys bad boys what <coughs> you gonna do what you gonna do when they come for you yeah see i think they is the cops i think it's a song to the bad boys right but they're like we're the bad boys in this right. movie which is not the way that it was supposed to yeah. be yeah i think it's kind of like bad boys what you gonna do when they come for over you. there yeah, that makes sense the cops come for you you're fucked. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's a scolding song. Does not work when the, the cops are singing it. One of the most successful scolding songs <laughs> in history. It's right up there with Nana Nana Boo Boo. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's, uh, that's, that's bad boys. Yeah. Say it once. Just say it fun once like I did. No. Come on, bad boys. No. Oh, you know, fun. I'll say it sexy. Bad boys. Okay. <laughs> well, we will end uh, this episode as we end every episode with our blockbuster pick of the week. Carol, what? What do you want me to say? What? I forgot. You, 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 you researched like on your little pieces of paper what you were gonna pieces do. of paper. You mean the things that you get at blockbuster? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And you told me, and I should remember, but I don't. Blue sky. There you go. The Tommy Lee Jones, Jessica Lange, Lang, uh, joint. 
what <laughs> what in the hell um did you smoke a joint maybe so well why didn't you share basically this movie takes place in 1962 i think and tommy lee jones is i call him tommy lee because we're friends right <laughs> oh mark ran out of patience a long time ago um <laughs> weirdo so he is a he works for the military and he does underground testing of nuclear missiles he likes underground testing better than overground testing you know open to the air and it's called project blue skies yeah she okay. has a she has a mental health problem and their marriage is strained because okay. of it and that's basically what the movie's about. I don't want to give anything else away. She was she won an Academy Award for Best uh, Actress for, for, for the movie uh, at the Oscars that we just talked about. So, you know, it's it's got some pretty good performances. It's decent film. It's decent. You know what else came out this week, though? No. Shawshank Redemption. It did. Which is still in the theaters. So you now have choices. Yep. Now you can either, you know, curl up at home. And watch Blockbuster and bone your girlfriend. <laughs> or you could be classy and take her out to dinner and movie before you bone your girlfriend, you know. Whatever. Yeah, but that, this way I can call it Blockbuster and bone. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, we're not going to talk about it, though, because we already talked about it. So if you want to hear about Shawshank Redemption, listen to the tape. Yeah, talk to the Shawshank Redemption tape. <laughs> Actually, talk to the physical tape and say, Play! Tell me, tell me your secrets. <laughs> but then if you want to decode what it says, put it in a tape player and then press play. And you could play it in reverse and hear all kinds of weirdness. Yeah, we plan that out. Mm-hmm. Messages. <laughs> all right, Carol, take us home. All right, so, you know, say hey. Let us know uh, hey. what, <laughs> what you want to hear. And um, write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. Also, you know, leave uh, lockers. Lockers? <laughs> leave us lockers. Leave us. Rip your locker off the wall and leave it in front of us. Leave us the stars on our lockers so we know you like it. <laughs> Go to the airport, pick up a star. <laughs> drug them with or chloroform. Or whatever. Drug them with chloroform and leave them in our locker now. Yeah. All right, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.